This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 850 with guest Randy Walker, recorded on August 3rd, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find no way in your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the Average Guy TV studios here in a sweltering, super hot, high humidity. It's the worst part of the summer here in Bellevue, Nebraska. And of course, we post a show with world class show notes. We'll have a few uh, out there at the Average TV. Big thanks to Christian Johnson. He'll he'll be important again a little bit later in the conversation. But big thanks to Christian who joined us last week. And if you haven't caught up on that, it's good to catch up with Christian. He's got, got a lot of great information. Of course, we. Talked a little bit about Maple Grove Partners as well. Check that out. It's a long show. I know that, but we're just catching up with Christian, and that's I just go as long as I want when I want to do it that way. So check it out, 879, uh, 579 with Christian, and big thanks to him. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. If you're finding value with the podcast and you want to give back, you can do it through our Patreon team. Check out the page, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. Randy Walker is back. Randy was on, oh, I want to say in the spring, I think, right? Or Somewhere around there, yeah, February, March. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, spring time frame. We talked a little bit about uh, bourbons and drinking and some other stuff, but you're a WordPress guy. We're going to talk about, well, first of all, welcome back. Great to have you. Thank you. Glad to be back. Any Anything new and exciting uh, in between the last time you were here and now? Oh, boy. Not that I can think of. I don't lead the most exciting life usually but uh, <laughs> any gadget have you picked up any gadgets did you take advantage yes. of prime day i didn't get anything for prime day i was i didn't see anything i wanted except mm-hmm. for i should have got a solid state drive um one of the samsung solid state drives were black two terabytes friday. for black 100 friday. bucks but yeah, wait till black friday yeah, they'll be back yep. <laughs> but my um my time machine backup drive died or oh. is in the process of dying so it would have been perfect to switch over to a ssd yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have recently picked up a Zoom Mic Track M2. That is their 32-bit float handheld recorder. Oh, nice. Mic uh, Mic Track M2. Yes. What now? Why'd you pick it up? So one of the podcasts I'm involved with, uh, Daily Detroit, I do some field work. Um, so this is good to just have on hand for interviews and things like that out in the field. I think I got a picture of this. Let's bring it up. Official product page too. I think this is it. Is this the right one? That is it. Yeah. Yeah. Two hundred bucks. Uh, it's on the, sale actually, uh, which is weird because it just came out. Uh, I got it for one fifty. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, during the was this during the prime? It seemed like everybody runs sales now during Prime Days. But no, I've had this for a couple of months now. Um, they released this back in November, but then pulled it. Some reviews were having some issues with EM interference. So they did a recall uh, and relaunched it in March. I think I want to say I picked it up in May for 150. In mostly vocals? Uh, that yeah, yeah. This is yeah. totally for interviews out in the field. Stick a and microphone in somebody's face and have them tell me about you, their you, business or product or yeah. Back and forth on exactly the yeah. kind of thing. And how's that work? Is it working out pretty well that way? It has worked out pretty well. We recorded an episode out on a soccer field post-match um, analysis wrap-up. Um, just the host and the sports guy passing the microphone back and forth. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, 32-bit floats. So you don't have to set levels on it or anything. You nice. just turn it on, push record, and you're good to go. And then I'm assuming uh, it does have a chip or a card that comes with it. Yeah, it takes a micro SD card. Could could you plug it in and just pull the pull the data off the mic, or do you have to? I believe it also has a USB mode as well. But we were out in the field. I pulled pulled it out, um, pulled the chip out, stuck it into a SD card reader for my yeah adapter because it's a micro SD card. Stuck it into an adapter, which then I stuck into a micro SD to lightning adapter into my phone and pulled it off my phone that way right away, so I could get it to the yeah. I just feel like those that kind of memories like communion wafers. Yeah, and they just, are quite small. Like, just waiting and fragile and... for it to fall apart in your hands, and you're like, ah, like you know, this thing is. I I would prefer it plug in. You know, you you plug it in and plug it in and download it that way. Yeah. Do you have to interview a, a guy that's wearing a beanie cap in the middle of the summer? That you know, to to be cool on this thing, or it, anybody can do it, right? Anybody can do it. I mean, the picture there you've got up, Ming Chen. He's a pretty yeah, cool yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, hung out with him a few times. The the guy with the with the beanie cap. It always cracks me up that I see I see some some cool guys wearing those in the summer, and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's fine. Um, anything? Uh, so good good purchase. And and would you pick up a second one to have as a backup? At this it's working point, well. The only thing I don't like about it is the um windscreen that comes with it is horrible. I had some extra clown noses laying around, so I just stuck one of those on top. Um, but yeah, it's a yeah. solid device and has met our needs so far. The picture I'm showing right now is, you know, they got it at a table. It's in between two. two. Does that work pretty well? I mean, we don't often, Dave Jackson and I, you know, we do this Saturday morning show called Ask Podcast Coach. And I'm not a big fan of one mic and two people, but does this, does, does this work okay? It does have stereo mode. Um, okay. So this... The way it's set up probably works okay, um, but I definitely, for uh, swapping back and forth, I put it in mono mode for interviewing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to, I used to do a lot of this kind of stuff on the road, um, mm-hmm. go out and, and you know, do conferences. I'd set up a, I'd go out and set up a board and two mics and two, two arms and just, mm-hmm. it was easier that way. It was also quieter, a little quieter when you had a, a, a noisy conference space. We were always in the hallway. We wanted it that way. We wanted people moving around behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. Right, it gives right. a little ambiance. I do have the Zoom PodTrack P4 with some tabletop microphones mm-hmm. and stands and those things for a more formal sit-down interview. Um, but this definitely is good for yeah, a quick that's cool. Very cool. Mike track, all what we're M I C T R A K Mike track, M2 Mike track from Zoom. They also um, have just, an M4 version that has two XLR inputs additionally. Oh. So you can plug in two digital microphones to it. Oh nice. Well that okay. And what's the what's the retail on that one? Uh that's an extra two hundred dollars, so three ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're out doing that kind of work, those those are um you know, Zoom makes good stuff. And they do. Uh, Zoom, not the this is the microphone company, not the Zoom uh, audio. Yeah, this audio is Zoom Corp, not just yeah, Zoom. Yeah, yeah, you know, neither one of those companies were very big at one point when they 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 started. You kind of wonder they they've kind of both grown. Of course, Zoom has gotten probably way larger. Zoom, the the uh, teleconferencing. Yeah, the teleconferencing company is probably much larger than Zoom, the hardware company, is now. But at one point they were probably similar size, and you wonder like if somebody went, <laughs> you know, oh, that's pretty close. Yeah. You know, they seem to be playing nicely in the sandbox. So uh, all, all is well there. Just make sure you use a Zoom microphone when you're on a Zoom conference call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They won't, they won't care then. Well, um, Christian was on last week. We talked a little bit about hosting. Of course, he's he has Maple Grove Partners, um, and. Um, really, I mean, he has kind of built Maple Grove. He built it initially for me to run WordPress and podcasting on. And so it's kind of optimized for podcasting. But in the early days of podcasting, Randy, we all used, uh, we all used WordPress because the, of the, uh, of the, the plugins for it. It's kind of, it was designed, I mean, it, not designed for podcasting, but it does really, really well in that space. There's great plugins for it. There's great things to work with it. Mm-hmm. That conversation though, the WordPress comp, now you're in this space, so you can, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like I did, the, the, the subject doesn't come up anymore. Now we know from some numbers, like a quarter, or a third of the world's websites run on WordPress, right? I believe it is up to 42 or 43% now. Holy buckets. Yeah. So almost half, right? Half yeah. the world little less than half the world, 40% runs on WordPress. But it doesn't seem to get, it, even in the podcasting space, it doesn't seem to get the run that it used to. In the world of Squarespace and you know, fill in the blank, the other ones. Mm-hmm. What, why, you know, why, why would I still look at WordPress today if I was going to do a site? Why would I look at that as opposed to some of those stand-up sites that you can just go in and move some things around and you have a website? A couple of selling points, I think, are one is because it is so prolific, it's just there's a lot of resources out there for it. You can search for how do I do X in WordPress and you find hundreds of results. You get a lot more customization options than some of the pre-configured or, um, you know, 
point and click things. Um, and then, you know, it's so extensible. There are tens of thousands of plugins available to just extend the capabilities. So I think those are probably the, the big selling points is the, is it harder? I mean, it, it is harder. Yeah. In the, in um, the land of, of Squarespace. Yeah. Um, I almost forgot what that is. I, it's been a while since I've even set up a site, to be honest. I mean, the average guy.tv has been on WordPress for 11 years, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I haven't had to do a lot to it, but over the years I've put some plugins in. Um, and so it's, it's for, for me, it's been a site. What, what do you tell? So if, if you were thinking like, so somebody wanted to set up a site and they're thinking, well, maybe I'll go Squarespace or whatever. What, what, what pitch would you give to them to say, well, you should give, you should give WordPress a look before you. And then there's two versions. There's two flavors of WordPress, right? You're yeah. Hosted and then WordPress.net or .org. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, so why WordPress, would I go that way? Yeah. Yeah. So WordPress.org is the download, install yourself on your own web host. Or okay. a l- lot of times these days, web hosts include a one-click installer for WordPress. So that's, that's a plus. If you already have a, a web host for other things, installing WordPress is generally super easy. You can just click in their one-click um, cPanel or whatever admin interface they have. Yeah, one click and solve WordPress. Um, and then WordPress.com manages it. Uh, it's generally cheaper um, depending on what features you need, WordPress.com versus Squarespace or whatever, depending on what, what capabilities, things you want. If you want to add e-commerce or whatever, those up the price on both sides. Um, but uh, like I said, customization is the big selling point. You can make it look like whatever you want. You can make it work however you want. You're not on, there are no guide rails basically um, on at least self-hosted WordPress. WordPress.com, you're limited to which plugins and themes you can use unless you pay them the big bucks like, uh, I don't know, time.com or whatever. I'm sure they have a dedicated team for these high-end sites that uh, will do whatever they need. With that many people running it, mm-hmm. 40%, it's a big attack target, big surface. It's got a big surface area on the web. How, how do you, I mean, how have they done it this long without it being, I mean, they've had their issues, right? Yeah, there's but how have they done it this long with, with, in still maintaining a fairly safe ecosystem? Uh, they're constantly updating it. So they're, you know, yeah. bugs get identified. They're constantly updating it. Um, but that is one of the, one of the um, drawbacks of hosting self-hosting is that you have to make sure you're going in and updating regularly. Yeah. Not only the base WordPress software, but any plugins and themes you might have that might have a, a bug or a vulnerability. You have to make sure those are constantly updated. And sometimes updating a plugin is not just as easy as updating the plugin. If you're running a really old version, you gotta make sure that it doesn't break your site uh, when you update it. So there's a lot of overhead there managing. Um, but there are some really great theme, I'm um, sorry, uh, plugins that will help you manage the security as well. They'll walk you through what settings to turn on and what features you need um, to keep your site secure. They'll send you notifications like, hey, this this address has been trying to access your site for the last half hour. We've blocked them. Um, hey, um, we noticed that this setting changed when you updated or uh, you were messing around on the server files directly and you forgot to change some settings. So uh, there's a notification saying, hey, double check your settings, those types of things. Yeah, it, it is um, now one of the beauties of using Maple Grove Partners with WordPress is that Christian's got a lot of stuff built into his on the back end to kind of make sure it's secure and safe that way. We also have done some work with plugins. I, I run a security plugin. I do some, you know, I do some things to monitor it. It is, um, I, I've kind of got the average guy.tv set to a pretty, I mean, I've got a plugin that updates the, the, the plugins that used to be a problem. It seemed like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> the, the app store problems uh, in WordPress were way earlier than the app store problems that we have on phones today. And stuff like the, 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 you know, just the, uh, absolute sheer number of plugins, knowing which ones are from reputable sources. You know, you try and look into the comments and some of those kinds of things. It does take a little bit of active, uh, you know, and then, you know, some active uh, uh, guarding, uh, so to speak, right? You may have a plugin developer who just stops, like you built, they, they built this plugin, you really like it. 
they just stopped developing it, right? I mean, it is still kind of that that kind of ecosystem, right? It is, but uh, generally there are multiple plugins that will do similar things. So if you have to, you can, I mean, it takes a little bit of work, but swap out for the other plugins. Sometimes you might have to update a short code or redo some settings or something like that. But um, yeah. Yeah. there's always something out there. I'm, I, 95% <laughs> of the time you'll find what you need um, yeah, there's, there's with multiple lot. options. Well, and maybe too many options sometimes. I mean, this that is, is also another thing is you can make it look and work however you want is a upside and a downside because the more configuration you do, the more the more changes you make, the more you have to maintain those changes that you've made. The for me, the thing on WordPress that changed it the the maintenance of it for me was when I could get uh, what do they call it child parent and child themes, on yes. themes yeah. right. And you could set up the parent, you update the parent, and then that those updates push down to the child, right? Yeah, and then the child is just your customizations. It's not all of the parent theme code. It's just what you want changed. Yeah, because what was happening is I would update the parent. Mm-hmm. It was one side, and it would start changing things on me, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Setting things back to default or whatever, right, in that. Um, there's a, I think, and I even, I think I have a plug-in to help me with this where you put it in there and you set it out. It took me a good, better part of an afternoon to get those, to get that set up and deployed out there. But that is really, as far as updating the plugins, uh, updating the themes that for me, that really changed the way that I did it. I know as we think about developers doing it, there's gotta be some, also some, some infrastructure, some things when we think about, you know, upgrading and deploying and some of those kinds of things to uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think one of the the most helpful things you can do when you're setting up a WordPress site is before you update, um, create a staging site uh, so that you can practice and experiment and configure, reconfigure, rebuild from scratch if you want to on the staging site. Get it how you want it to look, and then push it over to the stage. Uh, push it from staging over to your production live site, and that is just so much easier than trying to, you know, fix it, fix it live, yeah. fix it as yeah. it's, it's going. Is that, so is there a plugin for that as well? That would, I'm assuming I need to create an environment. I'm going to go in there. I can see it. I can test it. It's not live. It's not public. Right. But I can kind of see it. And then, yep. Changes are good. And I just push it over. Is that how that works? Um, there are plugins that will do it, but also a lot of hosts will include this functionality. Um, uh, my host, one of my hosts has cPanel, uh, and that includes a set of scripts and utilities called Softaculous that will manage the WordPress installation and also can create and manage the staging sites for you. Uh, another site I have is on Bluehost, and Bluehost has their own staging capabilities built in. Hmm. Um, so it can be as super easy as just a few clicks on your website uh, host's um, backend. Yeah, it's it like setting up a QA environment. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, staging can be difficult because it it's, it's it doesn't have everything that you need. Like, it's got to be an exact replica, right? It's got to do all yeah. the same things. You got to maintain it, except be public. <laughs> exactly. And that's a little harder, I think, uh, sometimes for people to wrap their head around of uh, in to get all the settings just right. So staging does its thing. It looks like it's real. Yeah. And it's not though. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. It'll yeah. clone your database. It'll clone all your files and keep it separate from your live site. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's a challenge because then you go to deploy and you got to, then you got to, rem- you got to know documented, whatever, how it's doing. Okay. We're deploying these changes, but, the some of those don't deploy because they're specific to the to the staging area and not to the live site. So um, Justin's talking about running in a Docker, um, uh, running WordPress in a Docker container. What do you know about that? I am not a Docker person. Okay. It's it's possible. It's doable. Uh, I know um, you can just spin up oh, your yeah. own instances yeah, yeah. or servers or do it however you want. Yeah, um, and Docker is one of those ways. Yeah. It, one of the challenges I've always had, I mean, there's been some changes over the last couple of years with WordPress and there's been a little, 
battles maybe too strong of a word, but right there was some things going on with the way the site it was like um oh you probably know this better than I do, so I should just let you say what's been the battle over over um so probably yeah. about five years ago now they switched from what they call now the classic editor to the block editor mm-hmm. um and that was kind of the most contentious thing right there um I think most of that's died down now. There is a forked project called Classic Press that doesn't do the blocks, and it's just all the classic editor, which is just a, a WYSIWYG editor. But the block editor, you pull in components, um, kind of kind of drag and drop, kind of WYSIWYG, uh, to um, just put in content and in your posts and your pages. And now they have taken that even further and rolled out a feature called site editing, Um before it was live, it was full site editing, but basically you can build your sites layout, your navigation links, your sidebar, what's up in your header. You can build that all with blocks as well. So those also have replaced widgets, which were kind of additional content that were not in the main content that you could put in sidebars and footers. I loved widgets. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I was one of those guys. I've, I, I have not changed the site using blocks since they went to blocks because I don't know what I'm doing in there. Like I go in, I'm like, none of this makes any sense to me. And, and I don't know if it's because it was a site that is, has legacy code in it and mm-hmm. it came before blocks. So if I ever wanted to do anything, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to change it. I, if I can't change it through the theme or mm-hmm. the widgets, are you telling me widgets are going away? Am I widgets gonna, are going away? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the first step with block editing is that you have to have a block enabled theme. Oh, um, so if oh. your theme doesn't support blocks, you're still way back in the old school days. Yes. Yeah, um, awesome. but nowadays themes can also be, uh, site edited themes, um, okay. which more just control colors and styles and things like that. And then they give you some default layouts for the various pages and, and sub elements like here's a default navigation template, but you can build your own templates. You can build your own, how you want an individual post to look. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. It makes sense. I'm sure. Listen, I've been on the same theme for a long time. Sure, I like my theme. Like if you yeah. go to the average guy.tv, very functional. Looks good on the web. Looks good on a browser. I mean, in a on a mobile device. I've got it all set the way I like it. Now mm-hmm. that being said, it's all set the way I like it. I don't need to make that many changes. So, you know, now I have to figure out this widget. I've got a few. So I got a few sidebar, you know, we've got, uh, I've got an advertisement for Maple Grove Partners. I've got the Spreaker um, jukebox player that's in there. A few other things mm-hmm. that are in there. I'll have to, con- will I have to convert those or will they stay? Will they keep doing what they're doing? Depends on where the widgets come from. Maybe the plugin that gives you that widget already has updated. So it also provides a block. Okay. Um, sometimes you can just copy and paste the, HTML uh, into uh, yeah. HTML block and put it in there. Depends on how the how the widget was made. If I was going to let's let's talk a little bit about themes since we talked about Brian had said out in chat he says really appreciate this discussion. WordPress is something I've always heard about but never really understood. So he's soaking up the info. If I'm if I'm thinking about starting a site and I'm thinking about you kind of start with your theme right what mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this. Is it better in 2023, is it better to pay for this thing than to go with a free one, in your opinion? I would say check out the free options first. Um, the built-in theme gallery in WordPress has a lot of good free options. Also, a lot of those free options have paid upgrades where you can just um, enter your email and a license key and then it unlocks additional features in that free theme. Um, but I would say definitely See if a free theme, you know, if it's in your budget, yeah, go hog wild and get a custom bespoke theme. But otherwise, check out the freebies first. Yeah. And there's, how do I know, like, are, are, is there curation in the store? Like, again, this is a lot like when you get your cell phone and you go to the app store for for in the, the WordPress store. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there fairly good curation in there, do you feel? There like? is, yeah. And you can actually even filter by features that you want on your theme. So you can say, I want my theme to be two columns with a um, 
custom background that supports oh, the BuddyPress uh, social media site plugin that is also good for n- news. And I'm going to see if that actually brings up anything. <laughs> but uh, what custom header, two columns, and apply. And I've got a bunch of results that show up with those four criteria, I think I said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're, they're curated. Uh, there's a review process for them. And then you can also see, you know, what are the latest ones that have been added? What are the most popular ones that are people are using, um, which support the, the block themes. So there are a lot of ways that you can, um, narrow down what you're looking for in the, the theme gallery. Yeah, it's, that's the, it's the challenge, and yet, I mean, it's a huge benefit that you've got a lot. I think if you're a tinkerer, right? Paul Brarin's coming on in September, speaking of tinkerer. But I think if you're a website tinkerer and you really want to mess around with it, uh, you, you've got tons of options. Okay, so you mentioned full site editing yes. coming up. And do I need to be worried about that? I mean, what, what is that? For, remind me again what that gives me, and then... So that gives you an editor where you can say, hey, I want my header to look like this, and I'll put these blocks in the header. I'll put the header here. I'll put the nav here. I'll put the tagline here, those types of things. Um, One of the things I did last month at the Metro Detroit WordPress meetup group was actually do a demonstration where I um, set up a staging site and then switched the theme over to the 2023 default WordPress theme and tried to rebuild functionality. The 2023 theme is a uh, full site editing theme and try to rebuild my old site's look and feel um, with the old uh, the old theme in the new full site editor. So I did about an hour demonstration of just going through that nice. and my thought process and things like that of yeah. why I was making that choice and how to do it and things like that. You you talked about user groups. You mentioned it last time you were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but beneficial, I mean, it seems like every city has a WordPress group in it. Are those those If you're going to do something like this, Mm-hmm. Is it helpful to be part of a user group? Yeah, and I, I lead mine. Uh, I have another co-organizer. Uh, we're official uh, WordPress meetup group, so that means that we our information when we schedule it on meetup.com shows up right in the WordPress backend dashboard. So you log into your WordPress site, it gives you a list of all the nearby events. Our event shows up there as soon as I schedule it. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to schedule the next one. Um, we've been trying to do every other month lately. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Is it back to normal? Uh, after the pandemic, so we're to speak. still doing virtual meetings, but we have uh, with my co-organizer, we have started to discuss whether or not we want to reach out to yeah. local venues okay. and see if we can have an in-person one again. Still doing virtual, uh, yeah. which would work, right? Works yeah. pretty well in this. I mean, we're just screen, screen sharing anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that way, everybody can mm-hmm. can can kind of get their own screen space and see it in the way that works best for them. A couple of years ago, automatic purchased WordPress, right? Has that been a good, has that been, or is it automatic? Automatic has been the company that has guided and they own wordpress.com. They guide the open source project, uh, Matt Mullenweg in charge. Um, So automatic kind of spun up as the benevolent dictator of the (laughs) WordPress project. Yeah. Um, they bought Tumblr. They have bought some other other tools, um, and I don't have any huge problems with the way things are going. Um, some of the complaints or concerns I have is that all these new block and site editing features look way different than the rest of the admin interface. So the rest of the admin interface needs to get modernized to match yeah. the new the new stuff. Um, but that's probably my only real complaint right now. Guess what? Windows 11 has the same problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. You go in, you start digging in all of a sudden these windows eight dialog box or windows seven dialog boxes pop. Well, I'm sure you can probably still find a windows 3.1 dialog box in there. I if you wonder, dig hard enough, I wonder if you could, <laughs> I wonder if you could, I know yeah. you can in windows 10. It's like in yeah. one of the database connection things. Well, but, it's like any big open source. Well, even closed source projects that get this big. I mean, the Windows isn't open source, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. Microsoft struggles to keep all the components up to date with everything, look and feel, all those kinds of things. Like, you know, you talk about like, yeah, we've moved in this direction, but these things haven't been updated yet. Who's going to do this? How's it going to get done? There's arguing in the community. It seems like developers are the most passionate. <laughs> I see people. that with every piece of software I use is like, yeah. 
you have yeah. the feature requests versus the new features you want to implement and where they go. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Hindenburg audio editor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's feature backlogs that are years old. Instead of addressing any of those like strip silence that people have been requesting for years, they introduced the new uh, transcription feature, which is at this point just seems like, a, hey, look, I have that feature too. Yeah. Another checkbox me, to compete. Me too. And, yep. Yeah. Instead yeah. of um, listening to what users want. I'm not sure if that's actually the case. I'm sure they did some sort of research on it, but I, the worst part of editing in Hindenburg for me, and I only use it because other people on my team use it. So I'm kind of stuck with it is going through and trimming out the parts where somebody's not talking on each of the tracks. And so many other software tools have it built in automatically. You say trim the silence and you can set your thresholds and your, in and out amounts and everything. And it's just a couple clicks. Whereas Hindenburg, it's, you know, you got a 20 minute track or 20 minutes of audio and you got three tracks. That's an hour plus of work, just getting rid of the, the dead yeah. spots where nobody's talking. Yeah. Yeah. And I use Auphonic so that it would do it for me. I don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, lately I've been dropping, I take this video from StreamYard, get mm-hmm. the full fidelity of it, download it. It's probably five or six gig and then just drop it. Uh, do the edits, you know, cut out the, mm-hmm. the pre-show beer pour stuff that we sure. do post-show stuff, add some things to it. Then I just drop the video into Auphonic and then it redoes the audio for me, both video and audio piece of it. I haven't really tried, you know, removing silence because I don't know what it does to the video, just to be honest. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that would do. And my podcasts are all audio. So yeah. We're just yeah. making it sound as crisp and clean as possible. Well, so it I so I don't do any of that there, but it does a level it for me, re-adds the audio back into the video so that we we get a really nice uh, in sync uh, video. And then I download the MP3 and MP4 versions of that and do some things. You know, we make a video large, video small, and then I take the MP3, load it to Otter to get the transcript out mm-hmm. of it. That's that's another one of those. I, you know, I'm using three services that on some of these, they could all be one service, but I like, I like that. Hey, one of the things I did today, totally off topic, but, but sort of on topic. So we've been having some trouble with the, um, with Otter and we have our own at Gallup, we have our own uh, transcription tool. And I know there's Descript and some other ones, but they're all, they're just kind of average, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they do good. They do a lot better than they used to, but Today, I thought, what if I took the transcript and then I dumped that into chat GPT and told it to like, hey, clean this up. Hmm. And we took a little sample because I don't I'm, I'm not paying for the full version of it. So I'm kind of limited on characters. Yeah. But I just took a paragraph and I dropped it in. Wow. Like really well done. Like chat GPT, which is it's a language calculator. It mm-hmm. should be good at that. Right. Yeah. It fixed. of the punctuation problems it got. We had a book title in there that it got right. It cleaned up. um, It still got the names wrong, but I I know why it did Mm -hmm. that. Right. Garbage in garbage out on that one. Sure. But I thought some of these services need to think about a two-step process where they run the cognitive AI, which is the version that gets audio converted into, I think they call that Microsoft calls that cognitive AI, I think. And then rerun it through like ChatGPT once you've got the sentences, because it's really good at editing. It's a really good editor. Um, so today I was, I, we have a guy who's kind of in charge of our initiative for ChatGPT. And I'm like, I got a use case. <laughs> I have a use case for you right now. And he's yeah, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a pretty good idea. I hadn't thought of, yeah. thought of that. Yeah, it's really good. Now, okay, one paragraph. I haven't tested yeah. it on a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Yeah. But I showed my editor this because he's he has to, he's doing the cleanup on this. You know, it comes out of Otter, and then he's doing, hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Um, he's doing the human fixing all of the bad transcript stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we post, we post show notes in our show notes. We post transcripts with everything that we do. So yeah, I was like, okay, Otter. And what you guys need to do now is rerun that through chat GPT and, um, 
and fix it. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There's a bonus. clever, clever blended there's, tools. There's a bo- Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it it really it's it's so it's such a good ChatGPT is such a good editor. Like that's it just edits really, really, really well. You put some garbage in, it will figure out what you meant to say and not change the meaning or the you know some of those kinds of things. I regularly run. I'll write something, throw it in there, and just say, "Can you proof this for me?" Sure. And it kicks it out. You know, the the other thing would be cool is if it would be like, I have a few suggestions for you. <laughs> Maybe you should say it this way and not this sounds a little a little aggressive. Yeah. You know, you know, kind of thing. So well, is Sarah just said you should just have me or have her edit it. Well, okay, I could do that too, but she you're not always instantly available. No, I'm not. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um what about what about as we okay so themes are are the top level when we think about plugins right but yeah themes are how it looks yeah and plugins are how it additional functionality how it acts yep what kind of plugins it's been a long time since I've looked at plugins what are some helpful ones if somebody was going to get started for the first time what might they lean on one of the things people ask for a lot on a WordPress site is a contact form. Uh, so the one I like the most is Contact Form 7. Super easy, super f- basic to configure. Um, it's not uh, WYSIWYG. You do have to type in some HTML in there to f- control the layout. But it guides you through what all the custom fields and things you are you need to, to build it. And then a plugin that integrates with that plugin called Flamingo, which um, stores the data collected. So uh, Contact Form 7 will send you an email with the contact form information. Flamingo will store it in your WordPress database so you can go back and reference it in WordPress. And then, unfortunately, Flamingo also saves every email address that you get through the contact form in an address book. So there's a plugin I use called Disable Flamingo Address Book. I don't really need an address book of all the people that send me contact forms. Um, so I just disable that with those. So that's a trio of plugins that work and work together. Contact Form 7, Flamingo, and disable Flamingo address book. Randy, how is that different? A lot of podcasters, a lot of folks want to create a newsletter mm-hmm. and they want folks to subscribe to the newsletter. Mm-hmm. How is that different? How would I use a contact form differently if I wanted, like you said, you don't want to collect the email addresses. Some yeah. folks do. Sure. Could you, could you do that? Could you, could, would that be a way of doing it? Or is there a better tool for that? I would say there's probably a better tool because once you have the email addresses, you still have to add, manage them somehow you have to yeah. sign them up for your newsletter somehow so i would look into a newsletter plugin like a mailchimp or yep. uh right and they or have even I, uh, what's automatic's own um jetpack now has a newsletter mm. feature where it like just bundles up your content on your wordpress site and sends it out as a newsletter okay you brought up the dirty word of jetpack so i'm gonna i'm gonna, like it, it has a contact form <laughs> thing too it's got all these things it's it has so everything though it right? has everything I mean, yeah you you get into WordPress and then they start spamming you with like jetpack this jetpack mm-hmm. that what first of all what is it and is it good or bad or maybe it's a little bit of both it's a little so, bit of both I would say yeah jetpack is a single well start out as a single plugin that just adds a whole bunch of additional options um, for things it can do on your site so it gives you some additional custom block types it um, can cache your images for you. Uh, offsite so they're not uh, hitting on your your web host it has a contact form you can add it has so many things um have there's uh it's got security it's got a backup tool it has um seo it has stats it has it can add these social share buttons at the bottom of your post it it does everything it really does it's an um, all-in-one plugin yeah right and the more you use it, the more it tries you to get you to sign up for the not free features in the tool. Yeah. And they're all free to start with. And I mean, it's not, uh, not all of them. Like the backup okay. is not free. I don't think the newsletter is free. The video uh, hosting is not free. Basically, okay. if it can do it directly on your site, it's free. If it requires offsite services, then there's a charge for it. Yeah. They're going to, for, for some hosting, they're going to, mm-hmm. they're going to charge you for that. What's your thoughts on, and that's listen. Jetpack's not the only large, you know, organization that's got multiple plugins across mm-hmm. this. But what's your feelings on that? 
is it, do you think it's better to stay having, you know, getting the best tool, even it, even though it might be different companies tools and, and having them integrate together or go with one company that can do everything? Well, one of the benefits of Jetpack is it is built by Automatic, who own WordPress. Um, if it can do what you want and you don't want to install or you're not comfortable installing and configuring multiple plugins, these all work together. All the features work together and don't conflict with each other. So kind of peace of mind there is if it has the features you want, go install Jetpack and then activate those features. If you want more than it can offer at its, a lot of the stuff it offers is basic. Then I would say start reaching out and looking out for additional additional tools. How do you, when you're evaluating a plugin, this is, this was always hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like you, you might, I guess this a staging or a QA or another version is the way to do this. But how do I do that in a way, if I want to test this, like, Hey, I'm going to go with, how do I do that cleanly so that I can, because I might have two competing plugins Uh either run, you, you, you can deactivate, run one, turn it off, run the other, you know, but what's the best way to what what's the best way you have found to evaluate multiple plugins that do the same thing? Before I even install them, I definitely compare their descriptions of their functionality. I look through the screenshots and I look through the getting started setting up installation documentation. And sometimes that'll just winnow out one of them. Like it's not super clear documentation or the developer's lazy and doesn't provide screenshots. That means they're probably sloppy with other things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of generally tend to eliminate those unless it's got really good reviews. Um, but then other than that, you just got to install them and play with them and yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. I guess when you're getting started, you probably, <clears throat> you probably don't have a lot of people on your site. So yeah. it's not, I mean, I'm looking at mine right now. I have one on there. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you, you just, it, it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You could probably, you can probably mess things. This is one of the, th- the crazy things about WordPress is you can kind of mess something up, break some stuff, then you can fix it again, and then it's up and running again, right? Yeah. I mean, there's some, and you can, you know, you think about a theme change. You could, you could go in, evaluate some themes. This is the nice thing. On the fly, it'll show you what your current site will look like in the new theme. You can... Mm-hmm. Before you activate it and make it live, you know, you can kind of view it. That that preview is so useless. I don't even know why. <laughs> like that is one of those old legacy features pre pre block themes where a lot of sites had the same structure. Um, but these days it's, I would rather look at screenshots on the theme developers website okay. than try to do okay. that. Okay. Here's what it'll look like on your site. Cause it yeah. won't look like your site. It won't at all. Not at all. It won't look like not that at all, all on your site. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a theme, you know, you make that decision early on to set up a theme and then you put all these plugins in and then you, you think, oh, I really want this functionality, but this theme won't do that. So then you got to go find another theme and then you got to kind of retro, you know, okay, I'm going to install this theme. That'll break some other things. And then Mm -hmm. you got to go back in, uh, work with those, with those plugins. I make it sound worse than it is. It's actually kind of fun just to be honest. Right. It is fun to tinker with WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can do some. You can do some cool stuff. Uh, okay, so that was Contact Form Seven and Flamingo. What else? What other kind of plugins do you find helpful? Redirection is super helpful. If you ever uh, change the uh, the URL slug of one of your pages or posts, uh, Redirection will put in a three hundred one HTTP redirect uh, so that nobody ends up on a uh, broken page on your site. Um, and I have also also used this for. Um, a quick, super easy way to build a a redirect for something that maybe not on my site, like mysite.com slash podcast or whatever. It will take you to Apple Podcasts or or something like that. Is so that just, different than like Pretty Links that w- gives you a shortener? It is. Yeah, it's just a, a it, it's a pretty link, but it's not a short link necessarily, right, depending on how right. long your domain name is. I do. I have a a plugin that's that is a broken link checker. Mm-hmm. And so it's constantly crawling the site because or in the early days, you know, we've been out here about 12 years in the early mm-hmm. days, Andrew, uh, Andrew Morris used to um, uh, do all, he, he put away more links than I ever did. And a lot of those sites now are going down and they're not coming back up. 
And so this broken link checker will it'll it'll crawl looking for these constantly. Mm-hmm. And then if it finds them, it gives me a little admin page. Here, I'll just show it to you. It's kind of cool. This, this is kind of cool. This is one of my my most favorite plugins. So it it uh, will then tell you, hey, this image, this place has a gateway timeout or it's okay. forbidden. I get a yeah. 403, right? Ever. One of the cool things, like these are some old, he, he used to put links behind images. And I'm not, I'm really not even that interested anymore in mm-hmm. supporting that from that standpoint. But I have some options. I can say, hey, it's not broken. I can unlink it, which I do a lot of the times. I just sure. unlink it. It just goes away. Um, dismiss this and just say whatever. And then, or the cool thing is you can do this edit URL and it'll go out and search archive.org to oh, say, that's cool. is there an old version of this out there? And can you link to that? So like some, you know, maybe an HP website that had a product that's mm-hmm. that product's gone HP, but it's, it's on archive.org. Yeah. And so I can say, Hey, use this URL to it. I'm, I'm not going to do this here, but um, cause I need to actually look at it. But it kind of gives me a cool, for broken links, it kind of gives me a cool way to manage those. I know Google does some site rankings, and the more broken links you have, the farther down you yeah. go. So I try to keep those I try to keep those uh, as up-to-date as possible. Yeah, um, this tool does keep track of any 404 errors that visitors to your site might get uh, encounter and then logs them so you can manage them after the fact. But it doesn't go ac- actively check all the links on your site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was one of those uh, I was reading on uh, you know and Google was like yeah don't have broken links <laughs> I'm like oh okay I better manage that in some way and yeah. um, you know so from a um, from a security standpoint because this is I think really important I redirect my admin page you're talking mm-hmm. about redirecting I redirect it to a URL that only I know just so yeah. that it's it's not the default landing page right that someone can just land on. Um, are there some other security tools that you like? Uh, so one of my hosts uh, includes their own WordPress tool that does include a uh, obfuscate the the admin URL and configures a couple of other things. Um, that host is called A2 Hosting. They're based here in Michigan in Ann Arbor. So A2 Ann Arbor. Um, but iTheme Security is the big security plugin tool. It does everything. File permissions to um um making sure that you have things configured correctly um well some of the stuff i mentioned earlier will say hey this person has been trying to access your site for the last 30 minutes uh, it's a brute force attempt we're going to block them for the next 24 hours or we can permanently ban this range of ip addresses or that type of stuff so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah christian does some of that stuff on the back end yeah <laughs> so i don't have to worry about that as much mm-hmm. Ken's asking, uh, he says, uh, is the P3 plugin no longer available? Um, P3 is. Uh, it's a it's a plugin performance profiler. Um, can I still have it running on my site? Uh, he says, but any any recommendations for a profiler plugin? The In other words, moved, uh, this is from GoDaddy. Hmm. Did they pull it? Uh, it says author request, so sounds like it. Okay. The 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 beauty of the profiler, and I think I'm using something different now. Um, I think I am using maybe Query Monitor. Um, That's what Christian, I've used before. Yeah, I think Christian put that on there. But um, any because it'll let you know, you know, hey, these pages are slow. Yeah. I think, and I actually get, let me go back to my dashboard. I get a health report. Let's see what, what does that for me? Health status. Um, I get a site health status. So one of the That's, plugins, go ahead. Site health is built into WordPress. Oh, is it? Lately. Um, oh, okay. But I think some plugins can extend what it's searching for. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but I no, think that's up. No, I think, and I think you're right. So, I, okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, this is one of those areas where you're like, you got to kind of keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the um, the ability, and I think this is built in as well, right? You can give the plugins the ability to automatically update. Yes. You how can. do you feel? How do you feel about that? If I would say, if you've been keeping them automatically up to date regularly, keep doing it. But if it's a 
an old plugin and then you turn on, you know, it's three year old version and then you turn it on, that's when you would probably have start having problems with mm. feature changes and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things Dave Jackson and I say all the time, especially with WordPress, if things start going wrong, start disabling your plugins first and enable them one at a time, right? Absolutely. And the easiest way to do that is go to your file manager on your host and rename the plugins folder to plugins-old. Completely. Takes them out. Takes them all out of the equation. <laughs> if your site's still broken after that, then you've got big problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely yeah. disabling plugins is a good way to, uh, and then turn them on one at a time is a yeah. good way to troubleshoot. It's been a while. It's been a while. He, he, um, sometimes when I have problems, he, he'll go in and say, I'm getting these kinds of errors. It looks like it's this plugin that's causing the problem. So that's mm-hmm. kind of nice too. He's, he's really good. He's much better at reading logs than I am. Mm-hmm. So he does, you can do that um, as well. Uh, okay, what else? Plugin-wise, anything else that uh, you, you've, you're finding helpful? Uh, one of the sites I'm part of, we use Podcast Importer by Second Line Themes. Mm-hmm. Um, we host that particular podcast on Libsyn, but want the a post for each episode on our website. So it monitors an RSS feed and we'll sync them uh, over to the site, creates a new post for each episode. Uh, it does it in the background. If it stalls out, it won't reduplicate existing posts. Um, so it's super handy to import a podcast content if you're not using WordPress to generate the podcast. Hmm. Yeah, for podcasters, super helpful to be able to pull that together. I actually just use code <laughs> for hmm. that. I sure. don't. Uh, Christian hosts it. Uh, YouTube has some code. The uh, The player has some code. Uh, you put that in and uh, in in um, uh, simple no what what what's that what's the um what's the theme that we all use for uh, PowerPress there yeah. we go you, there's some integrations in it with PowerPress and that that also is a theme that has been built on and built on and built on I mean it's been around for such a long time yeah one of, one of my podcasts I actually use PowerPress natively in the WordPress installation so every to create the new podcast episode, I create the post first on WordPress and then down at the bottom of the post, uh, after I type in the show notes in the post, then I say, here's my media file and yep. to, to PowerPress. And then it generates the RSS feed is actually from my site and not anywhere else. Yeah. 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 There's some really cool, uh, there's some really cool plugins and there's even developers, you know, I've got a, the uh, social subscribe and follow icons at Daniel J. Lewis. Uh, built a uh, mm-hmm. single developer. He keeps those up. They're really nice icons for the, uh, for the page they have. You can put the links behind them, change those links. If you need to display a short code, speaking of that short code, is that going to stay around? Like now there's a block for short codes where you can type in short codes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a similar plugin that uses the official listen on Apple podcasts, listen on pocket casts images. Mm. Um, I just posted you the link on, on the discord here. Okay. Um, I, one of my long-term goals has been to get this in the plugin directory, but it's just a lot of, a lot of work to make it an official plugin, but you can always download the zip and upload it to your site. Uh, yeah. If you want these official. It's like side loading, right? That's yeah. the yeah. Uh, on your phone. If you wanted to side load mm-hmm. it, this is you can take a plug in and and unzip it and put it in a directory, and it just installs. Yep. Yeah. I just updated it to remove Stitcher <laughs> because they're gone away. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, we sure. we just but released yeah. a new podcast at Gallup, and they were like, "Where's the Stitcher?" I'm like, "No, they're gone. They're actually gone." <laughs> Is it end of this month they officially so. did? Yeah, yeah. I, I And I'm just like, I, I tell folks, the big three and then our Spreaker page. So Apple, Google, Spotify, and for us, we host on Spreaker. Our Spreaker page has all the other, you know, all the the all the buttons for all the other things as yeah. well. So we just, that just seems easy enough, right? Yeah. One of the way. things I want to do with this plugin is see if I can get... Um, chat gpt to help me rewrite it better oh there you go also it doesn't use blocks it also uses short codes um, okay yeah but um block block development is way more complex and takes a lot more knowledge than 
than old school plugin development. Old school plugin development is just some PHP, but with mm-hmm. blocks, you've also got to know React and JavaScript. And back yep. in the day, I was I had created. I've been using WordPress since 2003, so back from the very beginning, um, I was writing themes and custom plugins for things. And oh boy, I I do not feel comfortable doing that a lot these days. That's for sure. With all a the work. new stuff in it, yeah, yeah it's a lot of work. It's, you know, you think, you, you know, especially in the open source community, right? You're jumping in here and you're like, you're excited to do these things. And then, so you start developing and you're getting this feedback and it's exciting. And then people start breaking stuff or people find the, 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 um, the weakness in your code or, yeah. and then they start getting demanding. Like, you know, I, I depend on this, you, and especially if you, you charged for it, right? Yeah. They're like, you know, you know, uh, that's just never a, a space I ever wanted to be in because I just didn't. I just didn't want. <laughs> I just want to deal with people sure. coming back. You know, that's it, it's the one thing that kind of stops me from being an entrepreneur on things. You start doing stuff, and you're like, oh yeah, actually, I don't. I mean, I I deal with enough of that at work in the community that I work that I work mm-hmm. with, but I have a whole team of developers who have to do that work, not me. You know, right? Yeah, yeah, and. I don't do this for money. The the themes and plugins I've written in the past have all been for personal use or, yeah. you know, I released yeah, yeah. this one because yeah. other people wanted it. So, yeah. Yeah. No, right on. Well, but people don't care if it's paid or not yeah, paid. That's right? true. Uh, anyways. Okay. Not to, not to end on a down note. Anything else, Randy, as we think about WordPress, anything else you want to add? Is it helpful um, plugins, anything else before we kind of wrap next it up? Next week, the new version 6.3 is available. Oh. Um, it's I'm currently running a release candidate, uh, but new features in WordPress 6.3 include some fleshing out of the uh, full site editor. Um, they've And then just a lot of um, functionality or in improvements, enhancements. So there's not a whole lot of like, wow, new features. Um, but, uh, they, they keep updating it every, every quarter. There's a new version of WordPress in addition to the minor bug fixes and security fixes. And the plugin updates as well. That goal. So you'll see ahead of this, you'll see some plugins getting ready for it. So Mm -hmm. that they'll all update. And then, the update will go in and then you'll see a few more plugins after the fact, start, start releasing stuff for mm-hmm. it. So it's uh, anytime they go to a major version like this, would you call this a major version? Their versioning is kind of weird. I would yeah. have put some major versions in way before they did, but some of the, some of them block stuff they released as a point version, but should have been probably a major version. Should have been a but, full version. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really understand their philosophy behind versioning, but Six is a pretty small number. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's been around. Yeah. yeah. 20, 20 years. Do they, do they, are they thinking ahead to seven? Have you, have you heard anything? Ooh, I don't know about seven. Okay. Uh, I got know. a lot of, a lot of point releases before we get to that yeah. spot. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, when was six? When was six? Ooh, six was few years ago now at this point yeah. i believe couldn't even tell you yeah it's i don't i kind of just install them and yeah good to go you know check it and somebody will let me know if it's broken at yeah. that point you know i have a couple like pretty links needs to update those will um those will all those are all on automatic so it mm-hmm. you know I, I go in there it'll say in five hours this thing's gonna update on you I'm like okay, and I could just choose to do it right now if I if I want to. Um, I here. Let me update this one right now. Daniel's has got an update to it, and I don't know if I paid. That's a paid one that I okay. uh, that I do. Yeah, I did. Okay, I don't. I'm not the best at keeping that thing paid all the time. Um, so it looks like I'm looks like I'm good to go. Six was May of last year. Okay, so not 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 too long ago. Still working for what I want to do. And that's the thing. That's the crazy thing is, although you've given me a little bit of homework, I probably need to check the theme mm-hmm. and for block. Cause I know like, but again, I don't, 
I, you know, my, it's going to sound crazy, but for each post that I do, I just go to the post before it, the podcast post before yeah. it, grab the code out of it. It's just one big block, <laughs> grab the code out of it. I change a few things like okay. the show number and, and then, uh, for any editing, I just put that in an HTML editor. It spits out code for me if I need to. Otherwise I can just type in words, right? It, it's just fine. I don't, it, it understands that without the HTML, but if I want to put links and things yeah. like that in, and so I am, it's literally, you say full site editor, I'm doing a full post editor every single time. Yeah. Know? So one of the features of a, a block enabled theme is that you could save some of those components as a reusable pattern and just insert those again, instead of going and copying and pasting, you can add it from the block menus, you know, save it as like podcast template or uh-huh. episode parts or whatever, yeah. and just insert that each time. Yeah. Yeah. What would I do? I, that means I have to learn a new process. <laughs> True. <laughs> it's funny. I've done 500. Well, not all this way, but probably the last 400 I've done this way where I just grab the code, copy and paste, bring the code in, make the change. I'm really good at finding those and copy, paste, grab it, move it. I'm going to have to copy and paste. Even with a block editor, I would need to uh, to bring those you know, YouTube code over and the number of the show and some of those other things. Cause I update in the text, I update the show number in a few spots. So I'd have to mm-hmm. go in and manually do that anyways. But yeah. Anything else, Randy, anything? Any I just looked thoughts? up when they launched this block editor, WordPress yeah. 5.0 in December of 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been, <laughs> I, <laughs> I went in the very first time after it was released and I mm-hmm. was reading the show notes and not the show notes, but the release notes. And yeah. I was like, huh? So I go into the, and it all makes sense now that you, you I'm talking, couldn't find any of the stuff. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't see any blocks. Well, I'm just going to go this way with it. And I never went back to it. Well, it's probably cause it's not a block enabled theme. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got some, Last time somebody gave me homework, I set up an Unraid server. So now I'm going to have to go in there and set up a WordPress staging site. Set up a WordPress. How do you do? How do you do your backups? What do you What do you have locally there for you? Do you have any any storage locally, or you doing it all in the cloud? Uh, for the site or just general? Uh, just for you, like Um, for your data. My my personal data, I just do a local Time Machine backup. I keep a couple of things on iCloud Drive, or um, but most of it is just a local local backup yeah i've been i've been kind of pinging everybody the guests as they come on like where are we at you know we all came out of the home server show and uh, back in the old days we'd build these big boxes what's ironic is i have you know 70 70 terabytes of data today that i it, back when i was in the home server show i had like one so you know you're like uh, I had way more data than I ever had, but I've been asking folks kind of how they're doing it. Uh-huh. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a sense I'm getting a feeling it's getting simpler and simpler for most people. Not everybody. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, like I said uh, at the beginning of the show, my time machine drive died or is dying, so that's that's all I do is time machine. So I need to get a new drive soon. <sighs> time to get the drive. The good news is, uh, and and Uncle Marv he says, "Oh no, not the backup talk again." Come on, Uncle Marv. I'm asking everybody. I want to get everybody's opinion. Um, the good news is, is even without the, if you miss the sale, you miss the prime sale, they're still not terribly expensive. No, 120 yeah. bucks for a two terabyte. Yeah. yeah. Um, I go by double the internal. So I've got an internal one terabyte drive. So double the effort time machine backup should be plenty. And you're going to go SSD? I think so. I have some friends advising against it, but I think that's kind of old school thought. SSDs are pretty reliable these days. That were, I, were they just worried about the number of writes? Yeah, really? I think I so. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. How um, often does your time machine back up? Time or, machine is what? Hourly for 24 hours, daily for a week, and then weekly for a month or something. I just or, set or, it and forget it. Out. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. I don't, it's just, that's what I do is I plug it in and let it handle things. I think those are the yeah. numbers it uses for it, but. I put a two terabyte spinner. I too have a, well, I've got the, I think I have the 500 gig uh, drive in my Mac mini, but I went with a two terabyte spinner. Works great. You, that, you know, you go that route too. Yeah. This was a spinner. So I could probably pick up a 
two terabyte spinner for 50, cheap. 60 bucks. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. They're cheap. They are, they are, they are very, very cheap. And so maybe I just do that and punt the SSD yeah. decision down. Uh, next three years well, hey, size. whatever, whatever. I mean, you can get a really nice SSD in a, yeah. in a, in a really nice external case and you get, you do what you want to do, Randy. Yeah. You do what you want to do. Don't, don't let anybody sway you. I just had a, I had a, uh, a case, um, hard drive case. I bought all these eight terabyte drives when I was doing crypto. And so I had these empty cases cause I, you know, shook them. And I was like, Oh, this will make a nice, uh, this will make a nice little case for, I got this. I don't need that much space for my time machine backup. So I grabbed a two terabyte drive, threw it in there, plugged yeah. it in. And it's, it's just, just works. Mm-hmm. Just works. So you do it. You do what you want. Yeah. Joe says good SSDs are cheap now. So, um, yeah, you can you can you can go that route if you want. Well, Randy, thanks for there. Any other anything else WordPress related you want to cover before I wrap it up here? Uh, I think that's that's everything for now. All right, good stuff. Again, just a reminder: if you you know say you want to set up, you know, WordPress got started with blogging, right? That's it was yeah. that's it's bread and butter, right? Podcasters uh, hijacked it <laughs> at that point. And, um, and, and, and used it, but there's a lot more than just blogging and podcasting you can do right on a, on a WordPress site and mm-hmm. do just about anything e-commerce options. If you want to do it that way, um, it, it's, it's kind of build your own build the way you want it. So if you, if you're that, if you're in that kind of space and you want to do it that way, uh, might be good. It might be a good option. Just a reminder, Maple Grove Partners specializes in that. And if you want to, if you want to plan, if you want to get in for ten bucks a month, the software is free. Well, the initial install of the software is free. You may have to pay for plugins and some of those kinds of things. But um, for right now, WordPress isn't charging. They're they're not charging what for WordPress right at this point. That's still no, it's still open, open source and free. And free. Right? Yeah. Has there been it? Has there been any? Well, I guess through the plugins. They're making all the money they need, right? Through this and WordPress.com, where they are the host, yeah, where they're the host of it. Yeah. So give it a try. If you want to do it that way, you can do it at WordPress.com or you can uh, contact Christian MapleGrovePartners.com. And uh, he's got some plans for 10 bucks a month. Get you started, uh, get you going. We'll get it done. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at the averageguy.tv slash live. If you come early, right, you get the beer pour. And so many of you guys that are out in the chat, I'd love to see a few more who are listening right now come out on a Thursday night. I know it's late, whatever. You could sleep into the next day. You could sleep at work on Friday. Just come out come out and join us on a Thursday night, theaverageguy.tv slash live. We'd love to have you here. Um, if you want to join the conversation after the fact, and Randy is out there as well, uh, you can you can join in the Discord group. Uh, theaverageguy.tv slash discord. Super easy. If you want to uh, leave me a message, maybe you got a show idea and and um, you want to drop that in a note. You don't want to type it. You can leave a voicemail message, homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a little microphone there as well. We, um, I think, uh, I don't have anything lined up next. No, that's not true. Jay, Jay Franzi is coming back uh, next week to join me. And then uh, I've got some time off. But uh, love to have you come back on a Thursday and join us there. We will see you next week. For those of you listening live, thanks for coming out. With that, we'll say goodbye.